so remain on the unshakable rock of our salvation. Amen. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today comes from the 11th chapter. It's an alternate epistle lesson. The 11th chapter of the second letter to the Corinthians, beginning with the second part of verse 21, reading through verse 33 in Jesus' name. And Paul continued saying, but whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Eratus was guarding the city of, of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Christ Jesus, in whom you and I only have reason to boast while contrasting the shame of our own weaknesses, dear fellow redeemed. It is common for us Lutherans on this, our observance of the fest festival of Reformation Day, to glory in Martin Luther's bold confession before Pope and Emperor alike. He publicly cast the former's bull of excommunication into the fire 
and publicly standing before the latter, he gave this response. Here I stand. I can I cannot and will not recant. But all such glorying is truly out of place. This certainly was not the demeanor of Luther at the time when he made those public confessions, nor when he would recount them later in his life. He, as a truly humbled, repentant Christian sinner, knew and felt his many weaknesses. It is well attested from the very beginning that confessing the truths of God's word does not lead to the praise from the world of unbelief. In truth, it has always and will always be opposed in this sinful and broken world. But what we can learn from our text today Paul's recounting of all sorts of opposition from without and within, that despite great opposition, God's word will never fail. We should first establish why it appears that Paul is arrogantly boasting in our text. You see, he was dealing with some of those in the Corinthian congregation who were seeking for themselves the position of genuine apostles. And they disparaged Paul as a legitimately called apostle of the Lord Jesus. And as he admitted, he was talking like a fool. He engaged in such foolish talk to counteract the foolishly groundless boasting coming from these false apostles who were seeking to lead God's people astray. Paul was exposing them for who they actually were in defense of the Lord of the church and his people in that Corinthian congregation. Paul, you see, could match these meaningless boasts because he, like them, was a Jew, a Hebrew, an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham. But so what? This did not produce any special status before God in heaven. Christ Jesus came to save all people from all tribes, peoples, and nations. So just as it earned nothing for Paul, so it did not earn any special status for his slanderous accusers. Paul even boasted about his work as a missionary in the name of Christ and his church. You'll remember that Paul did not receive any pay for his missionary work. He supplemented his journeys in the vocation of tent maker. 
But his work as missionary was intense, especially filled with all sorts of anxiety for those new Christians and the dangers that they were in from their spiritual enemies. In addition, they were these acts of Paul were performed under the great stresses of natural challenges presented in the wilderness and out on open sea. But again, these labors and their attendant stresses and anxieties did not earn Paul anything before God. His faithfulness to his vocation was expected of him, but produced no righteousness for himself before God, who, after all, had called him to be one of his apostles. Paul also listed the many acts of persecution perpetrated against him by Jesus' enemies. These were not unexpected. Jesus had warned his apostles of these hateful attacks against the gospel. And just as our Lord himself was attacked and persecuted for the sake of the gospel, so would all those who would follow proclaiming the same truth to the unbelieving world. None of these boasts Paul could and did make proved anything to his false accusers. But in the minds of the Corinthian Christians, they could compare and contrast Paul's boasts and the boast of the false apostles and draw the conclusion that they were equally inconsequential powerless to save. Rather, in contrast, was the word that Paul proclaimed, the pure gospel of which alone brings the unconditional blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation. False prophets often bring a man-made religion of more laws and condemnation. No amount of bluster could hide the differences between the Lord's religion of pure grace with that of false religion and its multitudinous, onerous demands. And this was the very same contrast many Christians came to recognize and appreciate in the Lutheran Reformation. Rome, you see, had a system of man-made laws which produced the uncertainty of salvation, whereas Luther was enabled by God's grace to bring to light once again the gospel of God's love for all people in his Son. Not only did Jesus serve as our holy substitute in his suffering and death, making full and complete payment for all of our sin, but he was also the sinner's substitute under the law, producing the life of righteousness for us all, which all of us need to enter heaven. You're not going to get into heaven because you're a sinner. Your sin doesn't hang on you as you go to heaven. It's free. 
forgiven through the blood of Christ. And his righteousness is clothed upon you. So you enter heaven as a saint, a righteous one. This is what scripture clearly declares. And all this was done for us freely, and its benefits are all received through faith. And this is the great light of the Reformation, which God brought to the world once again, for many to see the truth of God's love for all. Paul found reason to boast in his many weaknesses because in truth they focus on the strength of the Lord alone. Remember how as an unbeliever Paul was marching towards Damascus to persecute those who confessed Christ? But instead our Lord Jesus met Saul on his road of rampage converting him. Then, in order to leave that city, Paul left in great humility, since he now would be hunted as a Christian. So he didn't march out of Damascus. He was lowered in a basket through a window. That's how he left that city. Where was Paul's strength found in that episode? Bold hunter became the vulnerable hunted prey. Paul would go on to experience incident after incident like that, which would demonstrate his personal weakness and the Lord's amazing strength in the face of all opposition. The power of the word prevailed through all such preachers, whether it was the Apostle Paul or the great reformer Martin Luther. These faithful mouthpieces would eventually succumb to death, Paul at the hands of Emperor Nero and Luther by natural causes although harassed from many sides right up to his deathbed. Regardless, the word has never been received well by the world. The world hates the message that we have a Savior in Jesus Christ. The world clings to its own righteousness, thinking that it's sufficient, that if there is a God, that God will have to accept that level of unrighteousness. And so it hates hearing that we can do nothing to get ourselves into heaven, but that it all has been done by our Savior, Jesus Christ. This gospel has met violent responses ever since the beginning of the first century. Certainly in that 16th century, and even today, now in the 21st century. Yet, the word of God's love for us in Christ still prevails to this day. No attacks from without 
or within the outward church have ever prevailed. And then what we notice is that the violent continue to take it by force. You, the violent ones, take this by force. How? Every day, you, by God's grace, put your old sinful nature to death by drowning them in the waters of holy baptism. That's not your strength. That is the strength of God at work in you and for you. The apostle went from violently attacking the gospel to one who proclaimed it with an energy that could be characterized as violent in its outreach to a world which so desperately needs to hear it and believe it and yet continues to hate it. Luther went from violently attacking the gospel in the solitude of his overworked conscience with all of its terrors in the cloister of the monastery as he would whip himself, in the confessional before a father confessor, he went from that to one who dared speak violently the truth of God's word to power with words of resistance and defiance. So where have you come from in your spiritual struggles, my fellow redeemed. Have you once joined in the violent responses to the gospel along with the world around you in your mind, with your attitudes, even with your words? That may be, but your faith in Christ has now led you to abandon all such boasts in your strengths and turn to your weaknesses to find the strength of God who has saved you alone through the works of his beloved son in your place. Continue to repent and believe that word of forgiveness in Christ and be the instrument of our Lord who has called you to be in your many vocations and witness the violent taking the kingdom still by force just like you like Luther like Paul for Jesus sake Amen We sing stanzas three and four